All right, whatever it means to your podcast, we're going to get right into it because we're very short on time already. We went a little over, but we have a two-part for you today. First, we're going to start with uh, Corey Cooper. We're going to do uh, every 10 episodes or so, we're going to do casual conversations with Corey <laughs> Cooper, where I basically bring him in. Corey Cooper is the owner of Boat Paddle Boards. Uh, also, he's gracious enough to let us come in here and record in his uh, main corporate offices. Anyway, I love talking to Corey all the time. We decided every 10 episodes or, or so, we're going to come in here and just let him rant. And it's the best. It's the best idea I think I've ever had on this podcast. Uh, you're going to learn a lot in a very short amount of time. Also, we have our friend Miles Van Eaton, been a long, long time friend of Shane's, probably for two decades. I've known Miles for over, long over a decade. And uh, it was a fun one. We just got in here. We got to bullshit. It was, it was like a, uh, a few old friends just getting together and having a really good time. So I hope you enjoy listening to both segments today, Corey Cooper and Miles Van Eaton. From Boat Studios in Destin, Florida, it's the Whatever It Means to You podcast. It's something that most people don't like at first. With Jared Gramblin. I love my job, but I hate talking to people like you. And Shane Denton. White people, yay! We got a good one for you today! All right, as many of you know, here at the Whatever It Means to You podcast, we record at Boat Studios, and... We had this kind of idea to bring Corey in every ten episodes or whatever. Is this number and ten? Just have him. I lost count. Rock. <laughs> oh, you no, you've been in. You've been this is your third time in. But, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm um, in for you guys. Oh, yeah, I think we're at like number seventy-eight, seventy-nine. How long, have, like how long have you been in here? Oh, in your place, um, probably ten episodes, right? We've been in here like two, two and a half months, three months. Damn. Oh yeah, I feel like it's been longer than that. <sighs> I think we got in here in February, right? I guess April, so. May, June. Yeah, Shit, that's like six we've been months. in here longer. Yeah. We've been in here longer than two months. It does. Hey, fuck, time's flying, man. So so fast. Mm-hmm. How long have you been in this building? Uh, almost a year. Okay. Yeah. Right at. Yeah. Jesus Christ. How long I have you been doing boat? Almost uh, well, ten years. August. How, how you like that? Yeah, man. Not a long time. Yeah, because I think it was like 2011 when I. Uh, Sometimes it feels like 2010, it's been uh, five decades. When I was messing with you. Crazy man. So you have a decade-old company now. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually going to be uh, releasing some uh, 10th anniversary, like, reissues of the first one. Okay. You know, remember the teak and white ones? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Huh? W- with, uh, with... They're going to be gator shell, but it's going to look the same. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of a new spin and shit on mm-hmm. it. Sweet. Yeah. Limited edition, like 50 uh, floods and 50 HDs. It'd be pretty cool. Nice. What, what did we call the one? We were getting them, uh, like, like, surfaced at Restylers? Uh, uh, Gator Belly? Yeah, yeah. Gator belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, God, what a nightmare. Oh, that was the funnest shit, though, That Corey. was cool. Um, just th- sitting in that this small, little, tiny warehouse with you, just thinking about crazy shit we could do. I was like, let's tie that bitch to the back of your truck and drive it down. Yeah, drive down. <laughs> <laughs> listening to... All right! <laughs> li- listening to fucking dubstep and shit. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over a little Sony speaker system. Till 2 a.m. packing boards yeah. and shit. God damn. It's chaos, man. Yeah. Like dubstep and sports radio. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot yeah. <laughs> about that. Dubstep, the dubstep was for safe for late night. It was old, old Scott McKinney. <laughs> you know he's back in jail, yeah? No, what a surprise. Scott McKinney, yeah. He got out for a couple of years, got his job back, and then got caught. Uh, same thing, scamming people for money. Wow. Got put in jail again, man. Scumbags yeah, maybe I need to take scumbags. some lessons. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, man, you've. Uh, uh, just, I mean, it's just got to be a different level of craziness now for you. Uh, Same shit, versus, different day. It's just yeah. different scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, be, you you just remind me of being in the warehouse making shit. 
that seems just as much of a nightmare as, as uh, That's what's going on currently. Going, it doesn't seem like it's changed at all. It's the same thing. You just got more people. You know what I mean? More things. More just more. Do you have nightmares? Do you have nightmares about it? Uh, I mean, that's long gone, dude. It's like, <laughs> it's like past <laughs> nightmares, bro. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, shell shot. You, you just you just roll with the shit now. I mean, it doesn't even fucking bam. It's like goddamn. I've got a uh, Teflon and shit on me. You know what I mean? From raindrops and mm. whatever. The fucking shit doesn't stick. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, dude. And that's the difference. Like, if you'd have thrown me day one of the shit I'm doing now, I'd have fucking had a panic attack and probably ate a bullet. But at the same sense, if you throw me back into the same shit now, I'll dig the hell out of it for a little bit. And I'm like, fuck this. This is a lot of goddamn work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it's just different. Like I said, it's different times, different shit. Uh, what are you doing to turn it off these days, man? You just, like I said, you're always in you it. Don't, you don't there's no, there's no turn off, dude. No. I mean, you just said, I went to Europe. Uh, we were in Europe for almost eight days. I was mm. quick. I mean, London, Paris, Amsterdam, straight from Amsterdam to Orlando for a trade show. And I mean, that's the turning it off is staying busy as hell. Like if I'd have went somewhere and just sat for a week, I'd go fucking insane. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I'd be thinking about go all the beach shit. Anywhere. I'd be thinking about all the shit that I'm missing and all the stuff that I'm not doing and all the emails I'm not reading and all the the fires and snowballs that are going on. And so, you know, when I go to China, when I go to Europe, it's literally like bam, 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 bam. I mean, constantly moving. Staying engaged, not taking a break, because mm-hmm. as soon as you take a break is uh, when you just start thinking about shit. I mean, dude, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. If I wake up at like 2 a.m. and have a thought, boom, I'm fucked. I'm not yeah. going back to sleep. <laughs> have you trained yourself just to get up and write it down and start working on it? You don't need to write it down. You just go. It's always there. Like, basically, it's like, oh, uh, I forgot. Fuck, this thing is doing this. And oh, it's not good ideas. It's like panic attack ideas to, uh, you know what I mean, to like save shit. Okay. Yeah, good Just ideas. Out fires. Yeah, good ideas uh, for me most of the time. It, it's crazy because the inspiration always, without a fucking doubt, comes when I'm driving or running. But either or, you know what I mean? It's like those are the only times that you're kind of engaged to do shit. Like for real. I mean, I can almost write down every single decent idea that I've had, and it's been a derivative of those two things. Sure. I'm the same way with with either running or riding my bike too. Yeah, same shit. I think it's because you're you're actually you're you're still active. You're doing something, but but your mind. But you can't do something. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you're in a car. You got you're one objective: in. go from point yeah. A to point yeah. B. And so that's your objective. But your mind's got some dead time to start thinking about shit. For some reason, you're it opens it up for that kind of shit. You well, know sure, I mean? because you're also creative. looking for something to tune out of your the physical anguish that your brain's dealing with. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, from the first step you take out when you go running, that shit sucks. Mm, the whole run sucks, right? Like, you, it's, you feel good because you're doing it, but, like, it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, there's some days, know. man. Dude, I've ran every day, like, literally every single day for probably the last, how old am I now? 37? So, yeah, every day for the past 20, however, since I was 17. I mean, how almost 20 years. How far do you run? What's your normal run? Uh, probably minimum two miles, mm. t- two to four. It okay. just depends on where I'm at. What, yeah. You know, good half hour. You go do uh, half yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So that's, that's my, you know, people, man, I got people working in my house right now, a buddy of mine doing my landscaping, all the, the renovation we're doing. He's like, man, you need to take a break and come fishing. I was like, dude, I go fucking, what's fishing? I'd go insane <laughs> fucking around trying to catch a dumbass fish for <laughs> half a day. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's cool and shit. But Why would man. I want to do something that people love doing? <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, uh, let, let me go out on a boat in the middle of the Gulf and fucking sit there. You want to see a real panic attack? Like, I got enough of this shit. 
let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, so I got to put myself under stress to have fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Like running or doing a marathon trip through Europe over seven days or the craziest shit we do in China when we go over there. I mean, that just I'm thinking of having a fucking nightmare, talking about nightmares, thinking about that shit right now. But Did you bring your kids to Europe with you? No. Okay. <clears throat> no, they went to uh, Myrtle Beach with uh, Mag's mom. Okay. I was going to say, because that, that would have made it that much more interesting. Uh, we had planned to do it. But uh, last second, we got, uh, you know, cold feet. So sure. backed out of that whole yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. So you have, some new, you have some new shit that I just saw coming out, too. Yeah, did you? Yeah. This, uh, this kayak. We got a bunch right? of shit. Or- a bunch of new shit, man, coming out, uh, well, for the next season, basically, uh, starting next year. The one you're referring to, uh, the Lono, is uh, basically it's our first step into the kayak market. You know, we've been... Basically diversifying the brand since inception. We started in stand-up. Just recently got into kind of the motorized stuff with our rovers, which are basically, you know, tiny little micro skiffs. Then expanded into this, well, it's a floating square. Uh, These things we call the docks, which have been fucking the the hit of the season for us. You know, it's just uh, basically essentially a giant 10 by 10 floating square that is an inflatable dock. You know what I mean? You could just inflate it, put it in the... if you have a if you have a house on a lake, it's literally could be a semi permit dock, or if you just want to go to Crab Island and have everybody have a place to sit, same shit. A philosophy there is basically that our customer base has evolved over the years from you know uh, being a hardcore stand up paddle boarder to just a, a, a water enthusiast, you know, water lifestyle customer that has multiple assets or facets of uh, their consumer behavior on the water sports side, whether it's uh, you know coolers or boats or water skis or whatever the hell it is it's just a certain audience and mm. we're, de- we're developing products to feed that audience and it's a uh, big market there's a lot of money in that market too well, yeah well yeah. the the audience base is definitely well monetized meaning they've they've, they've got exp- dispendable income uh the it's goal luxury items. the yeah. goal well the goal now as we've been expanding the products is to expand the audience right and uh speaking of the kayak the kayak market's about four to one of what stand-up paddleboarding is in terms of participation, uh, just overall volume of the sport. And so we've had a desire for a while to get into kayaks. And I just, like me personally, I've never been a kayaker. I mean, the shit that's on the market is such a pain in the ass. Back to the fishing uh, on a boat. I'd rather just fucking get on a boat. I mean, you know, I know you guys have seen these things. They're like porcupines. I mean, they're, you know, it's a 12-foot... kayak that has rotomolded so it starts off weighing 140 pounds sure then you add all this external bs and seats yeah. and fucking rod holders and shit and then you add a trailer and i'm like dude uh yeah they make those called boats you know what i mean mm. you can just step on them whenever you want and go yeah it calls takes gas and shit but that's what always attracted me to stand up is it was the opposite of that it was simple easy to use you know light uh you could just Literally take a board, a paddle, or in our case, a tackle rack and some rods, and boom, you're on the water ready to rip. Yeah, minimal setup, minimal takedown. Yep. So back to the idea of that category expansion. Uh, I hired a new sales director uh, several months ago, and he actually came from West Marine. And uh, we, we were having talks about the kayak market in general. And he goes, man, you know, the stand-up market is, is, is uh, unique, meaning that the products inside – or a solid board, meaning your traditional stand-up paddle boards, <clears throat> and the inflatable paddle boards, which basically can fit in the backpack, share roughly half the market, so 50-50. So 50% rigid, 50% inflatable. You look at the kayak space, it's like 98-2 in terms of rigid to inflatable. Uh, the reason being, no one had ever applied our inflatable board technology 
which is drop stitch construction, in the kayak segment. <clears throat> it was all rubber ducky type shit. You know what I mean? Meaning uh, yeah. just balloon-esque, yeah. cheap uh, crap that made up the inflatable Th- That kayak you would part. feel comfortable floating on. No, and, and it, there, there was no real, it was a commodity product. It mm. wasn't uh, a useful, you know, lifestyle, like uh, high attributable value product. So, long story short, uh, Zach, I'm not necessarily saying challenge me, but said, I think this would be a first good entry for our brand into the kayak space for several reasons. One, back to the simplicity and, and the difference that we bring to, you know, uh, our own product line. And two, it adds all those options or it adds all the advantages to those negatives that I just brought up earlier about heavy weight, no place to store it, got to use trailers, have all this shit. With our inflatable kayak, literally just like the SUPs, it rolls up, fits in a bag that you can put in your car trunk, in your closet, wherever else. When you inflate it, it's 12 and a half feet, uh, 36 inches wide. It's got all the fishing features you want on it. It's rigid as hell. You know, it's safe as hell. It's made out of four chambers, so it's got, like, multiple redundancy capacity for in terms of if you bust a chamber yeah, somehow. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. It's not a one and you're done. Like, you're still no. afloat. <clears throat> so, and it's simple, man. I mean, it, overall, I mean, it's a really simple product in terms of uh, the application. And so I, I think from our perspective, one, back to the audience thing, it, it's a product that is going to be well-received within our core audience already. Two, I think... Using the, the, the teachings from stand-up paddleboard stuff of the 50-50 market split, people want inflatable shit for all those reasons I said. You know, I mean, think how many people here live in condos, right? That, well, even if they wanted a Hobie 14-foot pro angler, they're not fucking putting it anywhere. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're looking at this product a lot like that, meaning it's going to be, you know, if you're a hardcore kayak fisherman and you want all that bullshit, you're not necessarily going to buy this to replace that, Okay. You might be buying this as an additional option. So if you're going to Belize and you want to go fishing or, hell, if you just have a lake house and you don't want to keep this shit outside and you want to store it, this is a great option too. Now, I, th- I believe full-heartedly there's 50% of the market space either untapped, meaning that they're not buying kayaks because they don't have the option, or 50% that would buy, they just haven't been, been presented the option. Sure. And using that stand-up paddleboard kind of teaching, I, I think it's a huge open space. Yeah. Uh, or if you, it might, I mean, if you can grab 10% of that market, that's right. large dollars. Right. Well, man. that's what I mean. So from the business perspective, it makes a sure. shit ton of sense. From the product perspective, I dig it because it's something new. Uh, I'll show you some little, uh, a little, uh, when we leave here, I'll show you a little, uh, you might've seen the video, but you hadn't seen the real shit that we're releasing. Cause I didn't want, I wanted to keep it out of public's eye. Cause it okay. was fucking copied in five seconds flat. Okay. Little teaser out there for it. But yeah, so Anyways, uh, we got a lot of work to do there, man. It's we're super stoked about it. We got a lot of national retailers interested in it. Uh, a lot of our current dealers interested in it. Uh, I mean, just a, we released it about r- roughly a week ago. Uh, it's going to be early Q1 2020 sales next year. So we've had a shitload of inbound in it. And that, that's always a challenge, man. You know, when you step into a new category, you got to get some uh, some guidance for production. I mean, quite frankly. We have we have no idea upon before release what the reception, the marketplace reception is going to be, and so you kind of step back and you got to take a look at it and collectively gather your shit and go, all right, look, this is what it's going to make up of our business. Here's how we're going to finance it. Here's how we're going to fund production. Here's how we're going to go sell it. Here's how we're going to deliver it. You know, it's a whole entire new category. So there's a lot of back end work we got to do to, mm-hmm. to make it work. And uh, step one was uh, designing it, releasing it, and getting market feedback. So 
Yeah, crazy. It's crazy how many things there are to consider now. And and just basically how you have to keep innovating to keep your brand relevant. Well, yeah, I mean... It's, I mean if you would have just sat back and said, I make the baddest boards in the world, yeah, like, yeah. You'd, you'd probably be where... You know, several of those companies that we gone. saw eight years ago are non-existent. You mean gone? Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, yeah. it's uh, people get lazy, man. I mean, even m- massive companies. Take a look at somebody like Apple. I mean, uh, who's basically they've basically done zero innovation on the hardware side since Steve Jobs died. Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure, it's it's been a you know, yeah, you can see their their acceleration due to the operational fortitude of Tim Cook, but there's been zero product development. And you know, I don't know if you guys saw the news or Johnny Ive left and all that kind of shit. Man, it's hard, dude. Product product vision is probably the hardest thing when it comes to to business from a hardware perspective in in, in doing you know anything. Now, in the United States today, I would say shit. Probably seventy five percent of all massive businesses are service based. You know, they're they're service based or they're marketing based. Yeah. You know, Uber, Facebook, Amazon. Yeah. They don't fucking make shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not developing a brand identity as it relates to, to, to a hardware side of things. And so they're basically giant middlemen, right? And all giant middlemen do is extract the value of the other people that are providing, you know, those... those, those the services. The services or the pro- and the product. Or the products right. that are actually being sold. The yeah. product. And, and so I think a lot of times in the United States over the past 10 years, I've seen products become so commoditized from a design aspect that there's not a whole lot of value in high-end design. You know, because whether you're Apple, you release a, a, an iPhone, Samsung's got the same shit six months behind you. Just because it's being the leader, there's so little tangible value in what the consumers actually bring to the table. But the investment side of things of being on the front phase, experiencing the problems, experiencing the challenges and difficulties, solving all this shit so everybody else can copy you, you're paying for it. And I think you were seeing the economy today. That's why there's such a le- uh, leaning towards these service-based giant ecosystems because it's so he- you had to so heavily invest. So what they're doing is just putting pressure on everybody else to do the investment and then suck all the value out of it. You know what I mean? It's like uh, Airbnb is a great example. So they came in and took essentially a marketplace of, of smaller resort, not only when you say smaller, giant, you know, like Wyndham and Resort Quest and all these people who are actually operating on profits, right? They have to generate profits through their infrastructure. They have to generate profits with, with the properties they own and manage and all this kind of shit. And Airbnb comes in and, you know, generates $10 billion in revenue but costs $12 billion to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so they spent $2 billion to make $10 billion, Yeah. right? Well, and they're just putting all these other guys out of business in the process who were making money. And so you look at it and you go, huh, all these giant players are sitting back, the Amazons, the, the, you know, the Ubers, Airbnbs, not making a fucking dime. In fact, paying to operate while simultaneously putting other businesses who are profitable out of business. So, you know, what's the end game there? You know what I mean? Obviously, they're all playing the long game of, hey, let's, uh, we're going to profit one day. But what if you don't? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what if Uber puts all the taxis out of business and then they fucking are like, eh, we're sick of investing $4 billion a year to keep going. Sure. Anyways, sorry, this was just a fucking rant. I just got off on a, on a side effect. It's back to the innovation part. So that provides very little, uh, I guess I'd call it, uh, substance and value to being the fucking innovator. Mm-hmm. For real. you know. And then on top of that, now you have to execute. Like from our, from our end, okay, we did it. We identified the market. We created the product. We've tested the waters we've got our forecast now we got to execute now we got to make it got to service it you got to fucking go and find the channels that are going to buy it you got to sell the buyers who, who are going to want to buy it and all we're doing is opening a giant gate for somebody else to hit the easy repeat button and do the same shit 
Yeah. But that's a better position to be in if you're the, the original. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I do. Sometimes. I do. I think so. The original has yeah. brand value. That's about it. Yeah. Right? You got brand value. Okay? I don't know. If you, if you go on and go on, uh, on Google, Google any of our keywords, boat dock, boat rackham, boat HD, boat boards, what the fuck ever. You know what you're going to find served? You're going to find a whole shit ton of other replica, cheap, cheaper version companies of our shit selling you, whether it's cheap paddle boards, cheap whatever, cheap. There's a word, cheap. And you know how they're creating their entire brand identity? They're spending Google AdWords, SEO, SEM, and all that shit, and they're pinging off our keywords. So what do they do? They go, they grab one of your boat docks, fucking go to go overseas, show it to someone and say, make this for me. Shit, yeah. They don't even do that. They just go, they send an email link to some asshole on Alibaba and is like, hey, dude, hey, uh, googly goo, make this for me, blah. You know, and then then they're like a three person operation. Then they hop on fucking Google AdWords and shit and start pinging off all of our uh, keywords. So then we have to pay more to protect our own keywords and block all of our shit on Amazon, on Google, and all this crap. Sure. Just to keep it's basically fences right off the bat to keep other people from just having cheap opportunity conversions on your shit. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you're constantly policing this while innovating, while creating the sales. Whereas those guys. You don't have to do any of that front-end shit. It's literally let make these guys do all the fucking work. I'll give you I'll give you a best case scenario. So Arctic. You know that company Arctic that knocked off Yeti sure. copying their yep. shit? All right, I'll give you their business model, right? They knew Yeti was doing really badass selling products, and Yeti has a wholesale model, right? So Yeti would sell to wholesalers, you know, mm-hmm. your specialty mm-hmm. retailers and all this shit, who would then sell to the retail customer. So Yeti's prices had a 40 margin on each side, meaning when they sold to you, for example, if I'm selling a cooler at retail. For two hundred dollars, right? I'm selling it to you for one twenty. Sure. Right. Yeah. My cost on it's probably around eighty. Okay, that's the model. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A forty forty margin, right? Well, what Arctic did is they got into the market and said, "Fuck wholesale. We're going to sell it straight to consumer on the internet. We're going to ping off all Yeti's keywords. We're going to sell it for half the price, which is really just wholesale price, right? Yeah. So making the same money, yelling, except cutting out the middlemen, right? Whereas then they're getting this product from uh, some shit factory in China. It's got crap product quality control, just shit everything. I mean, just, you know what I mean? Just, it's just crap. Basically, then coming over, pinging straight off that, sending it straight to consumer with none of the back-end support, none of the... By the way, they're not making money either. They're, they're going straight to consumer, spending a shit ton of money on conversions for that, much like the Airbnb model, sucking up high revenue, you know, creating a shit ton of revenue to not make a whole lot of money, suck money away from a, from a, a company that's got a shit ton of employees that's doing a bunch of crap. It's disruptive. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and some can call it good, some call it bad. I think disruptive is in a good thing when it's... When you're uh, when you're not basically banking somebody else's brand equity and goodwill, which is what they did, they took all Yeti's goodwill and basically turned it against them by making the consumer, in general, when they did it, uh, basically feel like Yeti was ripping them off. All Yeti was basically doing was was operating in a traditional wholesale retail model, yeah. which had been the norm for up, up until the last five six years with Amazon really taking over, right? So. It's hard to swap your business overnight when you're making $600 million a year and when you have these disruptors come in that basically just take everything you've done, hit the copy button, sell it cheaper, cut out a guy, cut out a part of your channel that you had to develop that made your brand what it is. You ask yourself, what is the value in creating the brand when I could just be that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Capitalism, bro. Dude. 
<laughs> well, what's the other option? You want to go see? You want to go see communism? I'll take you see communism. Now it's uh. You know what? One of the, one of these years, I'm going to China with you, bro. Like, I'm, what? we're gonna we're so gonna bring some cameras and shit. We're gonna record some shit. We're gonna see some wild shit. So here's the thing about China, uh, and I'll be blunt here. Uh, communism works if you're all one race and you're all one idea. It's as simple as that. I mean. You're, they're all, see, the thing about China, 95% of them are fucking Chinese and they all believe the same thing. That's, I mean, it's like I, I equate it to like a kindergarten teacher when you got a whole bunch of little kids in a room that are easily manipulated, you know, that you just go, hey, we're all going to eat lunch and take naps. Like my kid won't fucking take a nap for whatever at, at home with, with, uh, with me in kindergarten, bam, he's going down because the rest of them are going down, you know, and it, it's just really simple to teach. Now in China, You'll notice the first thing when you get over there is they're all Chinese. They've fucking locked their shit down for 5,000 years. I mean, when I go into the country, dude, they scan my eyeballs, my face, my hands. Uh, I swear to God, they're tapping phones and shit. Because like, he's not one of us. <laughs> he's well, not dude, one when of you us. go out, they scan your face back out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they block Google, they block social media, they block all that kind of crap. However, their, their, their economy and the way they get shit done is amazing. Like when you, when you watch these guys operate over there, like great example, when I was in a factory one or out to dinner one night with some factory owners, we were joking about black coolers. I was like, dude, it'd be so badass to make a black cooler. This is probably 11 PM at night. I show up at 7 AM to the factory the next morning. Bam. There's a black cooler. Yeah. I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck, you know? And, uh, in a nutshell, though, I mean, I guess there's they, they, they all work extremely hard. They're all extremely motivated. They're, you know, from a capitalist versus communist. I mean, they're the most capitalist country I think I've ever seen. I mean, the government subsidizes most of the places. Like, for example, there's a lot of factories that the government incentivizes them. Their ecosystem works like this. You make you, you get a factory based on a certain amount of revenue. You, you're, you are anticipating selling, okay? The government gives you the land and, and funds you into kind of into business on the, on the, on the back-end factory perspective. Then they just want shit leaving. They don't give a fuck if you're getting paid for it. You know, they just want the shit going, right? Continue moving out, building that GDP, that gross domestic product. Sure. They want the debt from the United States, right? Yeah. So they're just growing it, shipping shit, making shit as fast as possible. The word halt, mm, they don't like that too much. They're going to keep making the shit regardless, right? And what happens then is they invest in certain industries that they think, like the government, that they think there's positive uh, growth in using a lot of United States numbers. And so if they see the consumerism in the U.S. leaning one direction, like electric bikes, right? Electric bikes and scooters. They saw that shit at, the government did as a great industry to get behind. So they started investing in all these factories. Well, what happens when people start pulling back and start not making, you know, keeping, uh, I guess I'd call it that, the, the, the entire industry of that place starts kind of collapsing. The government starts divesting pretty quickly in, in those industries and shifts to other, you know, different areas from a, a financial perspective, to keep that that GDP deficit high, you know what I mean. That if you imagine the government being one, you know, business basically, that's that's their one goal is to kind of shift, continually move it, and 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 grow that debt, uh, which you know, with all the tariffs and the shit that's been going on, is is made is really put a uh, a hard read from their end at being able to do that, and so it's stalled a lot of uh, uh, what do I call it government subsidization, you know, over cheap product yeah. if you will you know i mean great example if i wanted to get into electric bikes well in the past it'd be fucking easy to convince a guy i know to start a factory he'd get funding like that bam not anymore i mean it's it's tough you know and it's it's dried up a lot of that uh free money from you know from a in a good way for me you know i joke all the time i'm like fuck man i want them to slap 25 percent tariffs 
on on my category because most of my competitors don't have 25 points to play with mm-hmm. because they're trying to sell shit cheap. Yeah. So go ahead, bam. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, slap it. Who gives a fuck? It'll suck real bad for however long, but then when I get market share, you're which, done. Yeah, happened? everyone else is done. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's too much in yeah. operating business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's uh, shit, dude. Yeah, I. Well, you know what? I think we're just going to leave it at that because I wanted to keep this to short rants with you. I want to do this every. No, 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 no. That's great. Thirty minutes. I have Jesus a lot. Of, I have a lot of questions for you, man. Um, shit, that was like almost thirty <laughs> I, minutes. I told you that was going to happen. Uh, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that's great, though. That's what I wanted, Corey. I appreciate you coming in, man. What? What? I just want to ask one question, though. What do you read? Huh? You read. Who do you read? What do you read? Uh, How do you have all this knowledge aside from just firsthand experience of going over there? Uh, you know, it's a lot working it, with man. factories. That's do you read? Do you read? Yeah, I, I read. But what it, are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading uh, this book called Life with Picasso by Francois. <laughs> uh, his one of his uh, like romance people. Okay. With Picasso it has okay. nothing to do with business. It's okay. a uh, basically you know uh, kind of an insight to this incredibly genius dude who is also a psychopath. Okay. He's out of his mind. You know what I mean? Uh, who banged a shit ton of women and mm-hmm. did whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah. And didn't listen to anybody else. Yeah. You ever think you're crazy? Uh, nah, man. I'm, I got too... I, I wish, because you can make decisions off crazy way easier than off of uh, mm. calculated. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Sometimes I wish I was just pure. I'd be fucking... Bam! Bam. <laughs> be way quick. You know what I mean? Like there, I have to calculate too much shit. Yeah. Which I guess internally, maybe that makes me crazy. I, don't I know, question that. If I question if I'm crazy all the time. Could be. I think you got a little crazy to you, man. You I, have, I don't. I don't think you're mentally insane. No, you gotta have crazy but, uh, to do this shit. You have an edge that a lot of people don't have. Oh, that's. A, I think that's risk. I don't think that's. I don't think it's crazy. I think uh, in business you gotta have. You gotta be risk. You can't be risk averse. You gotta be willing to eat some risk. It's a lot mm-hmm. like gambling. I don't gamble because I risk shit every day all you the don't time. Gamble? Here. Oh, fuck no, I, dude. <laughs> I go to Biloxi or Vegas. I could imagine you in a casino. There's no fucking way. I go in there and have a panic attack. Standing there, I'm like, nah. uh." (laughs) Cool. All right. Thanks for coming in, man. We'll do this again in 10 episodes. All All right. right. Or if you you want to come on here for a a longer length of time, you're always welcome. Thanks for letting us hang out in your studio. Uh, Cool. We'll see you again very soon. All right, so whatever it means to you, podcast, back at it. Uh, today, we have Miles Van Eaton. Yeah. What's up, man? It's a very fancy name. How are you doing? Good, good, man. Uh, Miles has been a longtime friend of both Shane and I. I think Shane actually goes back like multiple, go back years, man. multiple decades, right? Yeah. Like yeah. El- elementary? Yeah, we old. Not elementary, yeah. but definitely. Like middle school, high school? Definitely, high school. yeah, longer than... A lot of these kids that can go to bars and drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Been talking about this for a while, I feel. Right? Yeah, thanks for having me. You tried to twist my arm into coming on, and I, being a uh, normal person with nothing to uh, kind of, I don't know, showcase the community as such and the, the theme of the pod, I think I'm just like the crazy loose end that gets brought in. I don't know. Oh, uh, whatever. It's it's to hang out too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, this is for us to have fun. No, I like this. I like <laughs> hanging out with you guys. The fact that I'm listening to my voice and very crisp audio, and s- sitting in a really cool soundstage studio thingy, makes it a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. You'll fall in, man. Give oh. like two or three minutes. You won't okay. even you won't even remember that you're here. You'll feel like we're at uh, Red Door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
Not quite, but anyway, yeah, cheers. We got, yeah, got a little. It's it's strange. We normally don't drink at uh, at noon on a on a weekday, but figured you know have a, have a glass yeah. while we get at it. Gonna get in some weird shit. So heard that. Cheers. So today, the day we're actually recording this is July sixteenth, twenty nineteen, which is a significant date for a lot of different reasons. The the first is fifty years ago was the the shuttle taking off that landed on the moon and miles as we found out a couple weeks ago when we when we put this date on the count once it's on the calendar it's official i I didn't know if you did it on Um, purpose uh yeah so miles is one of the few people that we know that doesn't believe that the moon landing was real i'm skeptical as as i'll get out you can, uh, you can say that for it if you'd like. It's okay. I'm trying to self-censor. Be, <laughs> like, eventually, a half hour in, I'm going to be a terrible uh, terrible judge of my own vernacular. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, tons of questions about that. Like, uh, you know, why we haven't gone back since 72. The Van Allen radiation belt. Uh, deleting all the telemetry data. Like, just not even deleting it, losing it, whatever. Like, they recorded shit over it. Mm. So, yeah, like, the most important achievement in humankind history, not just, like, American history. And you just decide, like, oh, man, well, we need the space to, like, record more things over. Yeah. It's like a... That's that's skeptical. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, things like that. Uh, Things that, you know... I've thought that a lot, though, too, how it's strange that this, this happened in the 60s. Yeah. And 69 to yeah. 72, we did, uh, we did. And it's not happened again. Yeah. Like what? They just said, that's good. That's enough. Like we don't need to advance that. Yeah. Th- there was uh, a lot of talks that it was uh, a big blue cover up for, uh, you know, Cold War antics. Mm. And, uh, and up until Kennedy died, uh, you can go on and read just about like it. Just like big dick, little dick kind of stuff. <laughs> well, it, the Russians and the U.S. were actually talking about prior to Kennedy's assassination, working on a joint space adventure throughout the 60s because of how far ahead and Sputnik and 57 and stuff like that with how the Russians were. Uh, and then Kennedy got shot and it all been, ooh, like, and who did what? And I don't know. That's getting into a different conspiracy. But at, at the end of the day, all the USSR, USA, uh, Space Force initiative that was happening in 60 and 61 and 62 just fell, fell apart. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, I think it was a. I think it's a lot to do about winning the Cold War, about uh, making a that American Manifest Destiny lay true to the, uh, you know, Milky Way, mm. <laughs> and something other than this little blue dot. When did when did it become a thing that that America like Americans said we're number one? Like when did that become a a, a topic of conversation? Like we are the leader of the free world. The French we and are, Indian War. I don't. Yeah. I don't when was I wonder when that was a thing though? Probably around the forties or fifties or something. Because like if you if you look at if you look at World War Two, like I didn't I didn't realize the, the little tiny amount like of significance that the U.S. actually played in World War Two. I always thought that it was like this huge. Oh, thing. we got like, in real like late. The reason that the reason that well, the yeah. World War Two ended the way it did is only because of the U.S.'s involvement. That's, that's not what even... we learned in our textbooks. Dog. Exactly, it's crazy, and I didn't realize it until I was looking at like the number of deaths. I think like between civilian and military casualties, I think the USSR had in the twenties of millions. Oh, and yeah. I think I think the U.S. had like four hundred eighty thousand total deaths. Oh, um, Which is a fraction, one fiftieth of the amount that the USSR had, or Russia, whatever you want to call it at the time. I'm, Soviet Union. I'm definitely gonna misquote someone, uh, 
but I was uh, listening to a podcast by Dan Carlin about World War One and World War Two. And he said that Dan Carlin. Yeah, man. <laughs> World World War Two was won with American steel and Soviet blood. Make sure this is close to you, man. I'm so sorry. It's all good. There you go. I'm sorry, but anyway, you said World War Two was won with uh, American steel and Soviet blood. Okay. Yeah. So, like, it was their lives that were fighting and, and pushing most of the the German front uh, from you know prior to September 9th, nineteen thirty nine, which is the official start when Germany invaded Poland. Germany had already like gone in, and Austria was like, "Fine, you can have us." And Switzerland was like, "Well, you can be in here, but we're not part of this." And like, they were already pushing through Czechoslovakia. They were doing stuff, and and Germany was trying to do this, or Russia was trying to do the same thing with. Germany, which is, you know, fight a border war and keep encroaching on space. And then it just, it all blew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his nuts in the UK before Churchill trying to uh, negotiate with Hitler? Oh my God, what's his name? I'm not sure. I thought Churchill was the main figurehead and all of that. He got to be the main mm-hmm. figurehead after this dude that was the prime minister tried to negotiate and was like, Hitler, whatever, man. Well, no, we're all cool. Let's be Europeans together. Let's stop this. And like gave Hitler what he wanted in a pact, and then Hitler was like, cool, yeah, no, we'll stop shooting and building war machines and stuff, and, like, three months later, he's like, nope, we're in Poland, nope, mm-hmm. we're in Czechoslovakia, nope, we're moving to Serbia, like, I don't know. And I wonder <clears throat> I wonder what history is going to show as far as that goes, because they talk, they talk about, like, Hitler and all, all his troops being on amphetamines oh. and stuff like that, but, I mean, if you look at the, the United States military right now, I guarantee you, like, a huge percentage... Uh, of our military is on Adderall or, or some kind of amphetamine as well. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, <laughs> just pump that shit into him, man. Just get them all hyped up. You're 18 to 21. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's flood you with this you shit. You can't drink. Yeah, but, but we're gonna fill you full of amphetamine. Exactly. You want to shoot a gun and yeah. feel? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I th- I think that maybe. Maybe Donald Trump has has the chance to ruin the name Donald, like Adolf ruined the name Adolf. Like no, no one's ever gonna name their kid Adolf for at least like five hundred years. Sure, like it's yeah. just not happening. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've never met an Adolf. Exactly. Like all the other Hitlers, like changed their name. They're like, nope, that's not our last yeah. name anymore. Yeah. We do not know our uncle. Yeah, like, I've never met an Adolf or a Hitler. Like, yeah, no. So <laughs> I've met a Hitler. You, you got to, you got to imagine. Dude had family. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, no, thank you. Oh man, I wonder if there's any. Are there living relatives of his that are that are involved in any sort of way, like in any in any media or anything that speak or are not representatives or not, anything? Not or? to my knowledge. No. I do know that there's a thing from watching too many YouTube documentaries uh, that there is some Hitlers that live in Texas, and they're not Hitlers. That's not their last name, but they are like close, like you know. His cousin and their family came over here and stuff. Okay. So yeah, are they just regular people or are they they're, like they're trying they... really hard to not be tracked down by like documentary <laughs> people <laughs> <laughs> unsuccessfully? Uh, but yeah, you know we got some Hitlers in Texas, y'all. Well, that was the whole thing. Didn't he uh, supposedly escape to like South America? Oh yeah, and, like, yeah. That's See, that's fun. Where he w- he was like held up. Like hmm. in in Brazil or something. Yeah, we've lightly. Yeah, there's a there was a, a German U-boat that surfaced on the coast of Argentina in like 46, like 18 months after the official end or something like that. I don't know. Eight months. My dates are probably messed up. 
Uh, but yeah, no, there was that. According to history, when did they say that Hitler died? Suicide. No, when? When? Oh, oh. Oh, uh, Uh, I think he killed himself uh, when uh, the Western Front fell, or Eastern Front fell, uh, and the Soviets were sacking Berlin. Like 45. Okay. I don't remember the date, but yeah, it was April 30th. I thought it was so. What people close. are trying to say that he didn't actually commit suicide? That he yeah they, ended up in South America? Escaped. Yeah, because there's and they have well, found like, like all of this uh, Nazi um, the teeth the teeth shit. and bones yeah re- related <clears throat> to Hitler were proven to be a lady's like ten years after the fact too. They're like this was Hitler's jawbone, and then they did like better dental record yeah, the, tests. The, and they were, oh, and so they were the like, body they recovered from his suicide was proven the, not to be his yeah, body? The, exactly. The, yeah, the remains oh, then, then, that wasn't, then he didn't kill himself. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, right? That's all, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. How do we know for sure that he... I, see, I gotta go. I'm you making don't. notes. I gotta go look some shit up, man. Because <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what the fuck so they I'm found, talking about. But they found like all this Nazi stuff like in wherever it was, like Argentina. It was somewhere in, in South America. Uh, like they found. So what? Like he was still holding on to the dream just by himself, though, and a few other close ones. Yeah. In, well, yeah. Like there, in there's, South there's, America. Like, there's like there was like hidden uh, like, like cemeteries. Like, what documentary did? What documentary is this? Do you have any idea? So you can th- just Google Finding Hitler. There's a cool. <laughs> okay. there's, yeah. Uh, history channel, There's I think, a cool a history thing. channel show yeah, about it. Yeah, it's called Finding Hitler or, or yeah. Hunting Hitler. H- hunting Hitler. Something, yeah, something like that. Uh, but there's like little towns that are in like Brazil and Argentina that like you go in and they're all like, you know, we speak German. Yeah. How? Yeah, because well, people with money and influence mm-hmm. showed up to a very poor country at the time. Yeah. And then, like, you know, and yes, you buy a town. Mm-hmm. There's, there's cemeteries. But very similar to Destin. Like, on all this stuff that were then, like, hidden, like, behind, like, bullshit walls that were built. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, you oh, know, yeah, it'd be like some local guy would be like, oh, yeah, come here. Like, check this out. And they, like, there's a hole in the wall. And they'll throw, like, the camera back there. And sure as shit, there's, like, big swastikas and hmm. big, like, Third Reich, like, propaganda everywhere. Like, it's crazy. All right. Hmm. Indeed crazy. So we've touched on... <laughs> On JFK, the moon landing, we, we Hitler didn't, being we didn't alive. Touch on JFK yet? Slightly. We break. We, we did. We did we, that before. We uh, brushed beforehand. by. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. We were talking about Junior. Yeah. 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 Well. So, but I want to get back to the, the space shuttle. Thing okay. Because okay, that's yeah. fascinating to me. That super uh, distracted. That that you don't. Yeah. That, that that's what happens, man. That's how conversations go, especially when you start talking about crazy shit. <laughs> um, but but anyway, I, w- I want to talk about more reasons why. Because because there are some some strange happenings that that make you wonder. Well, okay, didn't they just announce that they're going back to the moon again? And for and it's going to be the first woman to, to land on the moon as well. I think they're trying. They're shooting for like twenty twenty one or something like that. I, I don't I don't know if it was officially announced. Yeah, I know, I know that old rumor Trump, mills. Old Trumpy want, want, wants it to happen because mm-hmm. you know all of NASA and all these uh, private they, they were trying to get to Mars. And he's like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Like, let's just go back to the moon. So, so here's some fun stuff just to corroborate some of my beliefs. Uh, the Soviets, who were whooping our ass in space travel and rocketry and stuff in the 50s and 60s for the most part, never uh, had a successful man go out of lower Earth orbit and come back. They never had a successful manned mission go skedaddle and come back. The International Space Station, for reference, is in lower Earth orbit uh, we haven't sent anything except for the Apollo missions outside of lower Earth orbit, and that's been since 72. So uh, we were just magical, and we figured it out, and we had special technology on our rocket ships that allowed us not to get fried by solar and cosmic rays. Like, Well, I, 
<clears throat> I have done a little bit of research. Like so, hit the, me with the, the chain. The Van Allen belts, basically, let's just for argument's sake say they did launch and they did go through. Oh, these for sure. Things. I just uh, don't believe it, it would have. They could have. I just don't believe they recorded it and streamed it live on a fucking fifteen minute delay or whatever they, they did only in nineteen sixty nine. They would have only been in that belt for uh, like roughly two hours. And they would have only hit about 18 uh, rads, like radiation. Well, you, you realize that the belt protects totally Earth. But I'm just saying, so it, it would be well within the safe limit. And and it was insulated enough to where that dose of radiation for the two hours would have okay, not been Okay, for sure. This is, a, this is an audio podcast, but for visualization's sake, here we are on Earth. We go through the Van Allen radiation belt. We still have, like, it's 238 thousand miles from the earth to the moon we still have a lot of time in space without that nice protective shell it's like saying you can walk with your parka through the blizzard but then at some point you got to take the parka off hmm. so i don't know man that, yeah but after the blizzard's over right oh, yeah. the blizzard's still happening in space it's just there like we're just getting the that the van allen b- radiation belt helps protect the earth well i was just saying you touched on the van allen oh for sure, for I sure. Think, i think that that's you can get through that Oh, yeah, and there's materials that can stop it and this and that. I just, uh, you know, I'm skeptical. <laughs> That's what makes me uh, skeptical of the moon landing. Yeah, this says NASA will continue to work by moving forward to a moon, uh, a new moon landing on the lunar south pole by 2024. Ooh, the south pole. Like, oh, we're trying to look for the, some ice. That that's the that is the craziest part to me though. Is is out of all that we can talk all kind of conspiracy theories, but the fact is that uh, whether the landing happened or not, they've not tried to sell you another one since the early seventies. Yeah, and that to me is ridiculous. Like if if growing up, you know, my I think I, I, Ever, I had dinner with my dad last night. Bro. Yeah, and I think he was five five years old when the moon landing happened. Like five or seven years old when the moon landing happened, and. To think that it's been almost his entire lifetime, and he's in his sixties now. Yeah. Since, since they've gone back, that's that's yeah, crazy man. to me. You would if like if I was a kid and saw that, I'd be like, where are we going to be living there in twenty years? Yeah, moon, we're going to have fucking, moon bases. There's going to be homes. Yeah, there's going to be a stopping point. Going to have hover it, cars yeah. and moon bases. It was, it was like that. It was like that when the whole space race was going on. Mm-hmm. And you had a president who yeah, said, we so want to do this. So then you didn't. Then you. Who I mean, who who was after JFK? LBJ, and then you had LBJ, then you had Nixon, you had all this other bullshit, and none of those guys had any interest in doing that. None none of those guys were like NASA, like let's go, like if, if and if anything, it all got cut. Yeah, what happened? Did things just get out of control? Yeah, <laughs> or did it not all, really happen? It was all political shit. You have I mean, why this? You know, you've got Nixon, you've got you've got uh, uh, Vietnam and all this shit going on, and and that's all. They, in Watergate, that's all that was the focus on. They didn't give a shit about going back to the moon. Watergate happened in 72 or 73. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I can't uh, I can't. You also judge. had the gas crisis. You had all this shit going on in the 70s. The 70s were fucked. Yeah, I th- man, I have this theory Re- that... Recessionary periods in economics. Yeah. 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 I, ha- I have a theory that that those in power with, with large money and influence just, just want to keep the commoners... Arguing amongst themselves about t- stupid shit, so so they can do whatever they they can, so you know behind closed doors. Just like this this latest thing with the the all the controversy over the women's the women's pay for the, oh, the World oh, yeah, Cup yeah, and everything. And like uh, we we had a brief discussion on this the last podcast, so I don't want to dive too deeply. But uh, but the percentage uh, the percentage that the France men got 
for winning the World Cup last year is a smaller percentage of the total money than what the women got from the USA. So if we want to argue about pay pay gaps and wages and all that kind of stuff that, that women are getting paid less. Well, when you look at the total amount of money that, that FIFA took in from the Women's World Cup or, or whoever, they get a higher chunk of that money than the France men did. So even though that money is more, that you have to look at percentages to really de- decide if there's a pay discrepancy or not. So it's really funny now because the uh, the women are, are are justifiably angry because they feel like they're being underpaid. But what it, what it does is it creates them, you know, we're arguing amongst ourselves now when you should really be angry at... Uh, at yeah. The fucking FIFA or whoever Thanks. is okay. is banking so, all this money. So you said you talked about it in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. I listened to that one. Just nervous. Want to want to listen to the, you guys uh, and pick up what you're putting down. No one talks about Sepp Blatter. No, I'm a huge preface. I'm a huge soccer guy. Football. Uh, no one talks about FIFA. Mm-hmm. No one talks about Sepp Blatter. FIFA's a giant nonprofit. It's a giant nonprofit. It's about as nonprofit as the Red Cross and about as crooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sepp Blatter took millions of dollars while being the, the the president of FIFA. And then he got found out that, oh, dude, you were doing some shady stuff. And they kicked him out, and then nothing happened. No slaps on the wrist, no nothing. It's just like, hey, man, keep your, like, $200 million you milked over, like, 18 years. You know, good for you. That's what this is. It is, it is exactly the fact that, like... It's the old Chris Rock joke. Like, you know, LeBron James isn't rich. The guy that signs LeBron James' paycheck is rich. Wealthy. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. ooh. Like, you know, we are, we are, you know, peanuts and circuses, guys. You know, if you keep, keep them fed, keep them entertained, they'll be docile. Sure, and yeah. you can do whatever you want. And that and that's just what it is. It's, it's creating this tension between men and women, too. You know, that's unnecessary. Yeah. Because we're, you're mad at the wrong people. But we're also docile you know? as fuck as Americans. Like, we'll protest kinda, but we'll do it in, like, fragmented ways where we're against each other instead of the the whole of Big Brother or whatever you want to call it. Because, like, uh, Black Lives Matter, and then they immediately, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Blue Lives Matter emerges. Mm. And, it and becomes, All Lives Matter. And, and All Lives Matter, and all these things to take, like, the wind out of the sails of an actual movement. Uh, then there's, like, you know proof that the FBI and CIA went and infiltrated, you know, Occupy and Black Lives Matter and, you know, fucked with protests. Uh, that, I don't know. You look at other first world nations, and I call them that because I believe they are that, but you look at the Yellow Vest protest in France, you look at what's going on in Hong Kong, that's the populace as a whole. That's, that's as I joked in the car, saying we are the proletariat and there's the bourgeoisie of Destin and the proletariat <laughs> of Destin. Like, that is the whole of the proletariat looking up and saying, middle fingers to the sky, let's bump some rage against the machine and go fuck up this mm. place till they fix it. And we as Americans, we're far too spread out, we're far too diverse, we're far too docile, we're far too, like, spoon-fed what we want to be fed. Uh... Well, life's tough. I'm just going to go watch my Netflix. Life's tough. I can just stream whatever I want, go play my PlayStation, smoke my fucking legal weed and whatever. And, like, you know, I, I'm I'm like a baby. I'm just swaddle me. Like, mm-hmm. chill me out. Like, I'm going to get cranky, but then I want America to come swaddle me. And what we need, because this ship, in my opinion, conspiracy nut here, uh, is slowly going off the rails. And, you know, we're a nation run by lobbyists and bankers is it's only going to keep benefiting the top percent. I don't think there's any conspiracy about that. I think that's painfully obvious. 
you say painfully obvious, yeah. but like, is it? You watch CNN, watch mm-hmm. Fox News, watch all these guys. Like, yeah. well, and Any, I, I anyway, think they're, I think they're all in it together too. Like, like for example, if Donald Trump says some outlandish shit that makes uh, the left angry versus the right, like he's basically doing his job because oh. it's allowing yeah. uh, keep them keep them fighting amongst each other. And I'm just going to do some outlandish shit over here. I'm going to keep saying outlandish shit, but all it's going to do is cause the ruckus in here to kind of pull a blind eye over what's really going on. And I think that is what you just explained. Yeah. You know? And, and dude, dude's a silly dude. He, he doesn't deserve to be our president. I'm not getting it. I'm <laughs> I don't not get, think that's arguable I'm at not all. getting into If you, if you ask any reasonable politics. Republican, like, you have to stick with him because he's on your team. I'll give you that. Yeah. But you really think that this guy should be president? Yeah. Like, really? Honestly? It's like being a Packers 100%. fan and Favre is like 102, still trying to throw, and they're like... Well, the Vikings made an offer, and they're like, "It's the Vikings," and it's like, "But it's Favre; he's ours." <laughs> like, uh, no, like, I get it. He's not the greatest president. He won't go down as the greatest president. Um, but there's a piece of me that admires him, and this is gonna be weird, but I forget who said it. But they were like, you know, he got roasted by Obama at like the press corps dinner or whatever the uh, whatever happened there was like a a thing and Trump was there and Trump was like oh you're never going to have my job and he, yeah he's and like he, i have one thing you'll never have the presidency yeah and then he and then he <laughs> Bet. then he pissed him off and this dude's so petty and so one tracked in his life that he's like oh, i'm going to fucking marry eastern european ladies and he does that for fucking a solid 30 years and now he's like i'm going to be in politics and like all because Fucking Obama. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. I mean, geez, man. It's always uh, Obama's. When I, when I, <laughs> I, I know. I, I, that's when, when I see that clip, I cringe so hard though. Oh, yeah. When I see Obama saying that now, like that's the hardest I ever. Because well, it's hindsight. Back, Ooh, back then, yeah. though, you left your ass. Yeah, off. yeah. <laughs> oh, but you're like, oh man, that's just bad on every yeah, like, on every oh, end. He's, now. he's smooth as like, fuck. You look like an asshole, and you might be just like you just alluded to. You might be a huge part of the reason that he pushed this so far. Oh, for sure, for sure. Because Trump is not motivated by the wherewithal of his uh, constituency. He He's, uh, or well-being, not wherewithal, Jesus. Uh, but he's motivated by his ego. Mm-hmm. And his ego told him, you just got slighted. How can we make this up? Oh, by the most powerful person in the world. By people who like Obama better than <laughs> Trump, now looking back at a moment and being like, oh, cringy, <laughs> cringy Barack, why? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, man. It is, uh, it's, it's mildly psychedelic, the, the age we're in. Mm-hmm. If you would have told me, because, I mean. It doesn't seem real, right? I was, a lot of times. You're uh, like, it's just really going on. So I was 18 in 2004. 2004 was a pretty big election. That was the first one I got to vote in. I, got, I remember watching the 2000 election, like, uh, where it was Bush, uh, Gore, yep. and the whole Florida thing and this and that. And so 2004 felt like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, womp, womp, you know, yeah, uh, who was it? Uh, John Kerry. Well, you had John Kerry, but who was the dude? It was Howard Dean, Howard Dean. that was going <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah. One of the best like, sound bites ever. So now, nowadays, even 10 years later, like, if if that was in the 20-teens, he'd just be passionate. He'd mm-hmm. be like Beto O'Rourke or, like, you know, uh, Ocasio. Uh, he'd, he'd be like any one of these people that's just passionate. But then you were still playing within the parameters of, like, the PC, blue-collar, old-guy system of politics, and it's like... 
you got to play the game this way. Like, you can't, we're going to immediately, like, everybody's going to be like, he's a little fucking out there. I don't know if he can be calm and cool and fucking collected. And is he presidential? Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's my biggest thing. We have a we have the dude that's both the office administrator and the public figurehead for us running the same job. Where you go to Germany or you go to England, England they've got here's the queen, here's the royal family. Oh, we're sure. we're You're great. everything. We're, we're the face, and everyone likes us. Yay! Mm-hmm. Look at our Me- Meghan Merkel, and you know yeah. <laughs> you got all this stuff going on, and then you have someone actually the with, prime with like a super yes. overbite and a really you know, more intense British accent <laughs> running the shit, like, you know, and law degrees and things that matter. Uh, Not to mention our president's also in charge of the military. Yeah, no, he's all that he's other thing. Commander like in chief. All, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Can you, could you imagine that? Okay, let, let's say... When's uh, the la- hey, hold, hold on, hypothetically, when is the last time Donald Trump did a push-up or a pull-up? Oh, God. Never. I never. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he could. First of all, I don't think he could do one legitimate push-up. I, th- I think Barack could have. I think W could have. Sure. I think uh, Clinton could have. I think Reagan, prior to being shot and all that. He probably could still do a push-up. <laughs> probably could still do yeah. it. I mean, he was a freaking 50s actor, man. Like, yeah. he was like, you know, California, what's up? I'm your governor. Like, before Schwarzenegger. He was doing mm. that. I don't know. It's I, bizarre. I, I want someone that the outside world looks at as not a joke. Yeah. to represent me and my country. Because I like America. I, I do. I'm from here. I'm born here. It's the only fucking country I know. I think that if we're going to keep being this... I mean, if you don't like it, you can go back to your own country, right? I, I suppose so. Yeah, we could... As much as tribalism <laughs> is alive and well, uh, you know, my sports team's better than your sports team, etc. You know, because we all know Jared loves Ohio State. Um, <laughs> That's right. O-H... <laughs> But uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, we're, we're becoming more segmented and the internet helps and having all these like things where you can be in the podcast and specific things that like reinforce your own beliefs. You can watch your specific news that reinforces your own belief. We're becoming more compartmentalized and there's less of that nice contingency string that runs across us where we go like, oh, hey. We're people. We're human. Mm, What's mm. up? Like, we're real. We can disagree and we can still like each other. I think that plays into exactly kind of the theme of what... We've lost that in, like, the last five years, I feel like, is, like... Yeah, it happened quick. It felt like when I was 18, 20, 21, that we could not agree on shit and still like each other and hang out. And I feel like now, you know... But it was also a different attitude, though. Like when when Obama was reelected, the first thing and the way everyone came out, like there were some very angry people on the right that he got reelected. But what was the message? Hey, let's work together. Let's make this shit happen. When Trump won, what was the message from every fucking conservative? You know, you lost. Get over it. That I, you know how many times I heard that. It wasn't. Hey. That didn't go the way you wanted, but let's work together. Let's yeah. do it. No, their message was a clear. Fuck you. You yeah. lost everyone. That was the sentiment. The sentiment was quit your crying, you snowflake piece of shit, and you lost, get over it. That was that was For a sure. it was a whole different sentiment. For sure. But that's still that's still going on. Yeah. But and I hate to play devil's advocate because I didn't like either of them. I didn't vote for either of them. But if Hillary won, everybody on the left, which I don't like new left. I don't like, let's 
let's go be as aggro because I grew up just more, find some things more liberal. About. Yeah, like yeah. I, it, let's. It, so the left would have done the exact same thing to the right and been like, Meh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't believe that. I believe it. I think a lot of people. I I know I did. I, 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 I would have been like, whew. Ex- that would have been ex- my sentiment. Exactly. I my been like, sense have been like, whew. Yeah, yeah like, man, but they're all that was close. they're all creepy. Yeah. They're all giving millionaire yeah. uh, banker talks. And that, like, look at what Obama does. They do the press tours. You know, post presidency, let me go do some fucking book deals and some mm. some private speeches. It's like, who are you giving the private speech to? It's like, oh, uh, yeah, know. let's still get money. It's all about getting money, right? Right? Yeah. Like at the end of the uh, day, that's why. Get bummed out, man. <laughs> it's easy to get bummed <laughs> out. Get bummed out. When it's really easy to get politics, bummed out. Politics, when I was a kid, did not feel like it was this much of a bummer. Like, I don't feel like my parents had to struggle or think or, like, dig through the amount of shit I don't think in the was. 80s and I don't 90s. think it was so divided, right? I mean, it was, but not to the level it is now. Like you just said, everything is compartmentalized now. Like, there's, there's if you want to say, if you only want to see... The opinions of twenty-five to thirty-five year olds yeah. who believe the same way you do, who live in the same region that you do—that's very easy to do. Yeah, you can get into a very, very small level of groupthink now, and or whatever, or an echo chamber, whatever you want to fucking call it. And it, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost encouraged. So, what's the difference it's between a system. politics and marketing? What is the difference? Uh, probably the stakes. Yeah. War and death versus yeah. just trying to straight make money, which could be the same thing, just under the guise of something else. But I mean, who knows? It, it it's it's similar. Yeah, because that that's the thing that I keep coming back to when I when I have those like fourth beer thoughts. <laughs> is it's like, is it really any difference? Like Edward Bernay or whatever, like uh, Alfred Murray. What I forget the dude's name. The dude that popularized bacon as an American breakfast staple and got women uh, into smoking cigarettes during the suffragette movement to increase cigarette and tobacco sales. Like, this dude is the the godfather of modern advertising. Mm. And, like, yeah, his whole shtick was, you know, uh, controlled obsolescence, which is something that I think we do with cell phones and stuff like that, cars, et cetera. Like, but you engineer a public to think this is what they want. And once you do that... It's easy. It's you fish, won. It's, yeah. fish, it's fishing yeah, in won. a pond instead of the sea. Like, you know. Uh, so that's, I don't know. That's, no, I, I that's what scares same. me. Marketing is selling your idea. But I think, but in I my. I mean, politics is selling your idea, in my, your, 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 your platform. In my grandparents' day, we'll use poetry Ooh, as an as a analogy. <laughs> so in my grandparents' day, politics was roses are red, violets are blue. And then in my parents' day, became maybe some Robert Frost where, like, oh, what's the meaning and the imagery of the words? And, like, you know, they're in the Reagan and Clinton times. And then nowadays, it's like I'm reading, like, I'm taking a, a college-level 303 poetry class and having to deduce meaning in Marcel Proust. And I'm like, what? It's like, what does the subtext say? What is he talking about? Like, And, and that's what I have to do when I, I dig through not only my phone and Reddit and everything else for, for world news, but if I ever do turn on the TV and watch some sort of cable news program, 24-hour news, I have to... Dis- how, how long can you make it? 
ah, not very long, yeah. not it's very pretty, long at all. But I have to disseminate the data myself. Whereas it used to be news was we're going to present facts and let you determine opinions. And nowadays it's we're going to present you opinions and let you determine the facts. Yeah, you're right. That's a so, different thing. So yep. like it fucking and I don't know when they fucking pulled the rug out from under us and tricked us into this is how it is. But I don't see us going back, and that's what scares me. Mm -hmm. I can see us evolving into something better maybe down the road, but I don't have the foresight to look and see. I mean, do you think that's what happened, or do you think we just now have the ability to, uh, you know, uh, fact-check the news? You know, I think back then... You're asking the guy who doesn't believe in the moon landing (laughs) that. Or has... um, It's puppet on the left, puppet on the right, same puppeteer. I think it's always always been that way. I think now we just have more access to different and more information. Or has just straight up... um, Just straight up lying just become the day-to-day. For sure. Just 100% bold-faced lies. Lies. That you can just say... And I I think the, the president's another just classic example of that. You can just say whatever you'd like to. can be completely untrue. And people will blindly say that, that you know, oh, okay, yeah, we'll take it as a truth. Well, we made the joking... It's, it's crazy. Uh, joking claim earlier that you're a local influencer, Jared. <laughs> I believe you are. I've known you for a long time. You're a good dude. Yeah, you're but motivated. you both are also two cynical fucks. So <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What so, sounds cynical? So, Calling some like, no, people no, no. cynical we, fucks? We, we, we're being okay. complimented. Uh, let me... Let me, let me cle- let me clean this right. up a little right, bit. Let's do this. We bust each other's balls all the time. That's a better way of me s- saying you're a cynical fuck. All right. Is that a little a, a little better of a play on that? Oh, it makes I'll me feel my better. words a little better. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, be your own I, I'm truth. I'm sorry I interrupted be your you. Own. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like uh, I'm not trying to throw be shade on. Win the day. <laughs> Call, calling you a local Be- influencer feels like me calling Shane a mixologist. I feel like it's a trigger word. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I don't mean to. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's, okay. it's not the intent. Continue. But you did. Well, I'm super. <laughs> I'm super off the rails now. I had a point. The station's long since gone. I'm like I'm a tumbling train wreck. So I'm trying to think. Uh, how can? Okay. Anyway, on our way here, we had a joking conversation about yeah, being yeah, a local yeah. influencer then. I had something to tie into what we were talking about prior, and so don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, on the way here, uh, we were talking about music as well, and we just basically, we all rode together, which doesn't normally happen, but it's about a half hour ride to the studio, so basically, we had to tell each other to shut up, because it's not often that we get together and talk, so there were things that we were going over that perhaps we wanted to discuss on the podcast. Oh, for sure. So we kind of quit, quit speaking to each other on the ride. <laughs> It just started talking about other people. It's what friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's what friends do. It's what friends Uh, do. But anyway, you said something about uh, I want to get your opinion on it about the best band of the last ten years. Yeah, and I'm curious about that. Well, okay, if you if you look at you know zeitgeist of music, there's like uh, certain eras, and people can pick their favorites of each. But like, uh, you know, I think post O ten, if we're looking at the last decade. I'm an old man. I'm 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 not hip to the scene. I'm not part of it like I would be. But at the same time, I still feel like I have a good grasp of the aesthetic of what makes someone talented and a good musician. And so I have I have a big uh, I don't know. I have, a, I have I have two bands that I think are the best bands of the last ten years. Uh, and it's either Alt J 
because I think that they're like new Radiohead and you you snicker, but no, it's not that. No, it's an inside. Uh, it's yeah. an inside. We'll, we'll joke get, we'll get okay, that. okay, no doubt. No, I I I, I think Alt J's really good. I think they're for good limited music. work. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, and I think the dude for Tame Impala. Tame Impala is good. Uh, so the, between those two. I will accept all challengers, and I have a, uh, a Nerf bat that I will beat you over the head with uh, if you disagree with my opinions. Um, let's First off, I want to play you this. Um, this is one of the best videos I've ever seen. Have you seen How to Write an Alt-J song? That's, that's why we were <laughs> Have you seen it? Well, you know the video I'm talking about? I do, yeah, but this, I, is, I, this is how you write an Alt-J song. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> on, I got to find No, this. I'm down. I'm down well, to watch. Uh, it's been a hot minute. Will you I hand me the cable? We'll, we'll throw this in uh, Channel 4 so we, so we can actually play it on air so our listeners can know what we're talking about here. Um, if you want to view it, um, I, I would suggest going to YouTube, how to write... We'll see if this works. I feel like last alt time it's like different. J song. But... Uh, it, so um, it's these two young guys in a room with nothing but a sandal and, and a microphone. Uh, Ten million a, views. They got a tambourine and uh, uh, and they're eating uh, what like rice cakes. <laughs> eating rice cakes. Uh, 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 yeah, rice cakes. Okay, we're, <laughs> the we have delicious volume. grandma staple. Am, am I um, am I off mute? Am I yes. unmuted? Yes. And I have volume. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is how Alt J makes music. <laughs> Watch. Put put it in my butt, put put it in my put it up, put it in my butt, put it in my butt, put it up, put it in my butt, put it up, put it put it up, put it up, put it put it put it up now. Put it in my butt, put it in my put it up, put it in my put it in my butt, put it up. Audience can't see these yeah, boys. So, yeah, they, they have they have joyous expressions. <laughs> There's one guy with a loop machine. I wish I was as happy as the dude in the red shirt about rice cakes. I, I just think he's bombed out of his head. I think yeah, they're just stoned for sure. <laughs> 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 I think this I think this video is like nine minutes. No nah, man. No, nah, we're halfway done. <laughs> three three minutes. <laughs> Feels like nine. When he starts singing the verse, here's my favorite part though. Ad- admittedly, <laughs> dude's dude's voice from Alt J really easy to mimic. It is uh, it is the anti Christopher Walken. Not everybody can pull a Walken out of their hat. I think that most anybody could be doo dabble there. Like it's pretty good. Anyway, no, this dude's legit. That's that's why we every time someone says Alt J, I think of that video <laughs> and I but laugh. I, I love Alt J. <laughs> it's that okay. Band's, that man's really really good. They're rad. Um, man, as far as best band of the last 10 years, that'd be rough for me, man. I don't really know. Because I think before then, if we're talking like 2000 to 2010, I would probably put my 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 hat in the ring for Jack White and the White Stripes because 
you had the the blues rock and the old 60s, 70s revivalist kind of bands show up. And he is, if anything, both an auteur but a, a historian for the older styles of music. Mm. Yeah, I mean, post... I'd say like post-2008, I've not really listened to much new music. Mm. Or anything I discovered prior to then. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know who I'd say is the, the best out of the last... You two. Ten years. <laughs> you two. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. No, I, I'd, I'd agree with those two. The last ten years. OJ and Tame Impala. Yeah. We've had conversations on here about the... the the current state of the music business, some some better conversations than others. Oh, but um, I like the new music that's know. coming out. I, I think again, I'm I'm also being force fed shit. I think, you know, I listen to, I listen to Sirius, and I I do read articles via like Paste and this and that, and mm-hmm. it's all kind of you know, it's whoever's throwing money. You're like, at it. I like Brooklyn Vegan. I'll listen to you. My old Kentucky blog can go suck my duck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Aquarian Drucker, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Like, I get it. You always hear about it from somewhere. But, uh... Well, we also got into this really weird type of alternative music, too, to where everyone wanted to sound like uh, the Lumineers and... Uh, Mumford. Mumford and Avid and all that kind of stuff. We got into this kind of weird... <clears throat> what uh, was uh, happening uh, at the same time yeah. that, like, the dubstep and, like, super mm-hmm, sure. techno kind of stuff was popping off? And I told Shane the other night, I got a little tipsy and uh, and went to bed listening to the Postal Service, the Give Up album. Oh, okay. And that's from like 01. It's a, it's a, and it's, album it's a great album. album. Yeah. Very poppy. Very much what you would expect the lead singer of Death Cab, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the dude, Dental, uh, was the producer guy on it uh, for the two part. And uh, very poppy, but at the same time, you see the aspects that make the best parts of bands I love, like LCD Sound System, in that album. Mm-hmm. Like, you see what makes <clears throat> Tame Impala have, like, the techno-y stuff, or the Alt-J techno-y, like, you know, digital influence on, like, an otherwise always been, like, here's guitar, here drum, here bass, we play together. Like, you know, it's like D- Bob Dylan going electric, People rioted at the, yeah. uh, the 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 folk festival. They were like, "This isn't fucking folk music." <laughs> he plugged in with an electric guitar, and it's like that's not the point. The point is like what the story he was telling, you know. So Highway sixty one revisited, great album. It's just as good as Free Willin'. Just has electric guitars, mm-hmm. and uh, and some kids were cool, and some kids were past it. And I I think that even though I'm a thirty three year old man. I don't think I'm past it on picking out what's cool. And so if you uh, people are under the age of 24 in the prime market of 18 to 24-year-olds listening to whatever it means to you, I would like you to write in to us and tell us what W-I-M-T-Y.podcast at gmail.com. What would you like to... To put your vote in, on yeah. The, there's but there's no music that I'm like waiting for their next thing to really come out. Um, there's a band called The Night Game that I really like, hmm. and they're they're in the process of recording. They're, they they just finished their their newest album. Uh, their first album's great. Kelby and I went and saw them in New Orleans at a place called Gaza Gaza. Super small venue. I think it holds. It's smaller than Funkies, mm-hmm. um, but but I really like out of any band like band that's come out in the last eight nine ten years that I've 
like paid money to go see their show, that's probably it. Really? Aside from catching them at a festival or something like that. I dig what Young the Giant's doing a lot. Yeah. I think they're a good band. Um, as far as modern pop music goes, I, I think pop music is, is all... If you look at the pop music that we had growing up, even like late 80s, early to mid 90s, you still had music that was like telling stories and lyrically sound that was good writing. And Michael Jackson's bad album is pop as pop can get. mm -hmm. But to say that it's not musically diverse or technical or lyrically not complex... This is ridiculous. Yeah, or even like on the rock side of pop, like I, like take like a Counting Crows or a, a Gin Blossoms. We had a conversation about the Gin Blossoms mm-hmm. last week. The Gin Blossoms um, came up on, uh, not on the podcast. It was oh. at trivia. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, even so, you met, you mentioned those kind of bands. It was a different kind of pop music. Like it was still, uh, I don't know, I don't, I'm not validated. But like if you look at almost. 90% of your hit songs now, aside from Billie Eilish, she's doing some wild shit. She's cool. I like Billie Eilish. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I'm, into, I'm into her shit. But, but if you look at the, the most of the rest of the stuff, like your, you know, your Taylor Swift's or your Post Malone's and all that stuff, you're, you're basically pounding out three chords and you're saying the same thing. It's repetitive over and over and over again. It's the same formula for a song. Shane shared a video with me from, I, I, I don't want to say it was Vice. I hope to God it wasn't fucking Vice. I think it was Vox. Um, yeah, but it, it, they actually, they dig into the science of a Post Malone song and why they're so good. And it has to do with like the amount of re- uh, repetition in it, mm. the BPM, the, like all this stuff. He, he hits you with a verse. Like, it's like a science. Like, right, yeah. The hook is like at the very Yeah, you get the hook line. immediately, and you just hear that hook out really? through the rest yeah. of the song. And, and that's why he's pumped out like 10 hits. Well, dude, like, like his latest one from the Spider-Verse. Have you seen the Into yeah, the no, Spider-Verse that, that's yet? That's dope, though. That, you know that, that song that I'm cool. talking about? That song's but cool. But the whole song is... We are pattern-seeking robots, man. Welcome to being a hominid, y'all. We are pattern-seeking robots. Well, I think, and there's there's two kinds of pop music. You know what I mean? I think there's there's club hits. You know, and then you've got, you know, your your pop in other genres like your pop country, your you know, you even have pop rock and all that stuff. I think I think it's different. I think it's like a swell too. Like it's like waves coming in and crashing and going back out. Like you got Obama, so you get Trump. You you uh, you get the boy bands, so you get the backlash of like. Also, at that same time, you get people making music that are like, I don't like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera, so I'll become the Strokes and the White Stripes and the Black mm-hmm. Keys, and you know, uh, I don't know. It happens. You get Mumford and Sons, so you get people that want to not be that at all. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. <coughs> I think because we're all 90s kids, I think we, uh, we um, uh, as I know that I do, when I hear pop music, I immediately think like, yeah, like Britney Spears and NSYNC. And I'm like, ew. But even like, bad word. grunge came it's from not, hair metal. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it came from being sick of like, not, this isn't us. Uh, punk came from Prague. Like, they were like, Prague, you know. 13-minute tracks are not what we're all about, you mm-hmm. know? Yes, in Asia and Europe and all these bands named after fucking places. Boston, uh, Chicago, I can keep naming God, them. man, you mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking about music and, and work and all that, how you're an old man now and just how crazy it is. And just to get... To, uh, you guys will appreciate this. I don't know if our listeners will so much. But I, I always compare things to other people that were the age that I am now. 
And uh, our old manager of Mellow Mushroom. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I didn't know, Sean. I love you, man. But anyway, I am I am now the exact age I was like when I met Lopez, and I remember when I met Lopez, I was like, "Why is this wait, 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 old, wait. Why is this Lopez was your age now when you <laughs> the first age met I him. am now? Yes, yes, yes is yes, the age heard. that Lopez was when I first met him. I believe I was like twenty three or twenty four years old, um, and I remember thinking like. Man, why is he into the same music I'm into? This old ass. This old, <laughs> yeah, this old motherfucker. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. love him to death. One of my best friends. Like yeah. I can say that. Like this is uh, one of my best friends. No, he, um, cool, uh, cool old guy. I bet, no, I, I bet you quickly got over it too because it lasted for like a couple days of like I'm suspicious because I felt that way. I was younger than you. Like, by well, a the suspicion years. never quite went away. True. Through, through true, a few true, years, true. now completely different person. Completely different person we're talking about. Oh, for sure. But I'm I'm just saying yeah. that I, I met him. I was like, you also like this band, hmm? Like you, know, <laughs> you definitely you, you you say you're a punk rocker and you walk up to some dude and he looks like a you know Wall Street guy and he starts telling you about how he's super into grindcore and has seen Pig Destroyer eight times <clears> and you're like. What? Dude, like, I hid joints in this guy's dreadlock walking into a Radiohead show. <laughs> what? Remember you were there? Remember when we saw Radiohead in Tampa? And we had a joint. We didn't know how to get it. So we hollowed out <laughs> one of his dreads and put the joint yeah. in his dread. And walked gnarly. into a radio. I, you got to do what you got to do to smoke a little weed, man. Gnarly. I uh <laughs> That was an. Uh, that was the Radiohead uh, in Rainbows tour. That was a fantastic show. So great. One of the best live performances of a band I've seen. They were they were tight. Live. Do you remember what happened to us right when we were in the car and right when we got out? Do you recall that? Oh yes, very much so. I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about or not. Because, uh, uh, you know, this is your shindig. I'm just okay. a part-time visitor. It's I, okay. You can, can tell, tell the story. Tell I me. I want to hear how you remember the story. So... There's okay. There's lots of little <laughs> fun things. First of all, like getting off the exit ramp felt like it took two hours uh, to pull into the Tampa Amphitheater. So I I had to piss like nobody's business, and I think that that became like a group consensus. So what? My first memory is finally getting out of the car and going and just finding this tree to pee on. You want to you want to pick <clears throat> it up from there? Okay. I, I mean, well, then we all decide to take a substance. Oh, see, before we go into that, the that happened. Show. That happened while I was sitting there being like, I gotta pee, and then mm. we were all like, let's eat some uh, 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 a drug that <laughs> drug that makes you love things and dance. <laughs> let's yeah. get euphoric. Yeah, let's let's eat Molly. Uh, close. Anyway, uh, fuck it. We ate a roll. We all yeah, ate a roll. Yeah, it was okay. fine. And and we get out of the vehicle. And as soon as we get out of the vehicle, this lady walks up to us out of nowhere. And she's like, I understand you all are under the influence of Radiohead. Yeah. Legitimately, that was the first thing said to us. And I'm uh like, Fuck, she saw us! She saw us! <laughs> yeah. But well, and also to be fair, I don't know about your history, but Eating ecstasy isn't something I do frequently oh, or no, no, did no, no, frequently no. back no. in the day. That was the like first was time never... that I did it and it hit me really hard like an acid <laughs> or mushroom trip, which I've never done either. Just saying I've read things. Uh, but yeah, no, that that was funny. Yeah, no, the lady saying that um, because it freaked me out 
And then I still really had to pee. So that's why I wanted to bring up the pee part mm. of it. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. You uh, your pants. <laughs> yeah. Then I have to run, find a tree. And ev- it's not like a, it's a freaking parking lot with like five trees in it. And like, you know, 50,000 people going to a concert. So it's not like a, someone saw my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, she was only trying to sell us stickers. Oh, yeah? yeah, that she was a sticker salesperson. What a weird thing to say. Yeah, to somebody. especially people who just took drugs. You know what's funny? Uh, Ron and Tyler uh, went and saw that same tour, but in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had bought a T-shirt from that show, and they had both bought a T-shirt. And of course, uh, show back up to Destin. That's right. You and Ron had the same and, one. And yep. Ron and I had the same one. We were like motherfucker. And it, what's funny? So I love you, Ron. If you ever listen. Uh, just saying, bro, we had like eight of the same T-shirts, me and Ron. <laughs> like legitimately, like we would show up and be like, dude. Wow. Yeah. No. A, I remember so, that happening So it was like a fun intersubjectivity <laughs> with me and Ron of like, we just like the same T-shirts. That You'll find that with people. Like there's a particular gentleman around the area who's a friend of mine who we, we have similar taste in, uh, at least back in the day, we had very similar taste in ladies as well. And one night we were getting oh, a little oh. loose at the bar. <laughs> we were like, no, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, man, that's like the least fun or most fun game of bingo you can play with someone. Well, well I don't I don't care about that kind of stuff. No, like, that no. kind of stuff don't bother me. Of you course. Know? But I'm saying so. it is it, like either you're both are really awkward when playing this game of bingo or you both are really like <laughs> like you know joyous emotions I don't know yeah man I'm, I'm actually gonna see um, I'm gonna see Ron this weekend man oh really yeah I'm heading up to Dope. Atlanta to do a little bit of work and uh, made plans to to get up with him well ask him about all the shirts we oh, well, for we sure. have in common yeah he's working really hard man I guess he's he's done pretty well for himself oh, out dude, there yeah. uh, Ron just a, a great chef um, and he's going to be opening another new restaurant, I believe, in November. Heck yeah, so, dog! Yeah, so he's working. I know, the, you know, and all the in all the prep work. I mean, that's four months away for sure. But he he went up there to pursue a better venue and area for expressing sure quality culinary because our town where we're from, Destin, and the area in general, Okaloosa, Walton, and whatnot. Lots of restaurants, lots of service industry people, lots of great people that can grind out in the kitchen. But if you want to pursue yourself on some fancier culinary path, you got to move cities. Like, there's not too many. And I hope that changes in the next 10 to 20 years. But, like, there's not, like, a... I mean, we can be honest about this area. If you want to do anything creatively, whether it's music, comedy, writing... It's not the hub for video, you. Video. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, need to be, you need to be elsewhere. You can chill here for a while and develop your shit. Yeah. You, there's plenty of work to do. Um you, you can develop your craft. You can get good enough to where you, when you go somewhere, you aren't starting new. Yeah, you have bases. Yeah, yeah. you can come in. Yeah. But, but yeah, you really do. You need to be in, a, in Atlanta or a, a Nashville or even a Birmingham yeah. now. Or, or New Orleans. Or, yeah, or, yeah there's uh, South Carolina, uh, fucking Charleston. Asheville, you know? Charleston. Yeah. yeah. Charleston legitimately is a great food mecca. I'm a New Orleans I, guy. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Charleston's really trending in the last like five, six years, man. Uh, what's his nuts that uh, was friends with Bourdain took him to a Waffle House? Uh, Sean, uh, oh yeah, I'm I can't remember his episode, last name. Yeah. Oh, um, dude, with the eye, with the eye issue, yeah, always yeah, wears yeah, the yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, I just watched his episode of Chef's Table. Have you watched that? He yet? does, he does Tusk and stuff in a couple restaurants. Husk, <clears throat> I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, so yeah. I've I've eaten at a couple of his spots. Or, Have you? Uh, once in Charleston, I ate a Husk. 
but uh, I like food. I like chefs. I like that aspect of of it being considered art and not just like because I th- I think the coolest thing you can do for someone one of not the but one of is to cook for them. Like, have you guys over? I you know smoke some barbecue you know pig butt some ribs or like have a lady make her a nice dinner like have some people at work bake them a pie and come in and they're like oh this pie is amazing and like giving someone sustenance that literally feeds them and carries them on to the next day and yet also and like makes them joy sets all, off like endorphins uh, jo- in their brain joy from the <laughs> enjoyment of others man it's one of the the the, the buddhist things is like uh, getting joy from the enjoyment of others because mm-hmm. life is suffering and you can't always provide your own happiness so sometimes when you see someone else joyful you need to take that for yourself as well it's like a good thing to uh, keep in your pocket mm-hmm. greed yeah also confidence it is the food of the wise man and the liquor of the fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now I'm feeling too confident in the podcast, so I'm going to shut the fuck up and let you guys lead. <laughs> no, man. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we'll probably uh, wrap wrap this shit up, man. We've been going an hour. Didn't feel like a fucking hour, did it? No, that was great, though. Feels like 20 minutes or yeah, so, right? Yeah. What, el- what else, man? I feel like there were other things that we needed to discuss. I'm sure right? there were, but I'm... I'm I'm not the one like to the, ask like these the, questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, to to wrap it up, uh, I need to watch Finding Hitler. Yes, South America. You need <laughs> find out what really happened with Hitler. Yeah. Uh, the the moon landing never happened. Obviously. I mean, we <laughs> we can all agree that it's shady. Yep. And um, let's see. Uh, shady. Shady. Oh, I agree, it's shady. I'm not even going to mention the JFK Jr. thing, but that's also a thing. Yeah, uh, Seinfeld killed JFK Jr. You missed it. Mm-hmm. It was in the preamble. Uh, <laughs> and the atom bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Today was the day that the, the atom bomb was fired off, correct? Yeah. yeah. Bikini oh, atolls, yeah. It's just, it's just a weird day. Dog days of summer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're tech. We're also technically this is like the uh, halfway point of uh, of summer because people think that fucking summer ends after August because they're not from Florida. Uh, Man, can you believe that? Um, can you believe that twenty seven or twenty nineteen is well over half over now? Like oh, we're, that, can you believe that we're five months away from twenty twenty? Twenty fucking twenty, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's going fast, dude. And it, well, it's not going to slow down. It's just going to get faster and faster yeah. and faster. So we're getting older. It's crazy. Oh, one last thing. Have you seen all that Area Fifty One shit going on? Oh, oh dude, people? I'm going. You guys want to come <laughs> with me? Nah. Let's raid it. Well, I, man, I didn't realize it. Um, I I listened to probably like one out of every five or six Rogan podcasts. Okay. And he had. Oh, uh, he had Bob Lazar. Yeah, man. he had it him on legit. there. Did you listen to that one? I did indeed. Did, have you listened to uh, that? A bit of it, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. Holy I kn- shit. I, I knew well well in about the Bob Lazar stuff. There's there's issues about his uh, education and whatnot. And there's, you can be skeptical of it, but there's truth. There's always truth yeah. in lies. I haven't so. watched that. It was, it's on Netflix, right? Oh, the, the documentary. The, there's a documentary, yeah, yeah that I've not watched. I, I, haven't watched I was that supposed yet. to watch it last night. But so yeah. The but dude makes quality documentaries. Jeremy Corbell, I think is his name. Uh, he makes quality documentaries. He's very self-aggrandizing. Mm-hmm. Very much, he bothers me. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Listening to the podcast, I felt the same way. I was like, I wish this guy would just shut He He bothers up. me. It, it's almost, um, he reminds me, 
uh, of someone that we used to work with. I'll tell you uh, off air who's who's just uh, a very abrasive person, you know, who who I don't think means means to be a bad dude, but just you, you get that just opinion of him. <laughs> no, you. it's not it's you. you. It's, uh, yeah, I would never say you're abrasive. Really? I don't think you're an abrasive dude. Cool. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's one of your qualities. All right. Sometimes I feel because of how introverted and goofy I am, man, that I am like sandpaper to people in public, like that they get up against me and like, like eh, this motherfucker, mm-hmm. like <laughs> two steps back again. No, I no, know. I don't think you're brazen. Heard. Well, on that note, yeah. I, I really appreciate yeah. you guys having me on. I uh, <laughs> feel like I did a terrible job as a guest, but if anybody uh, listened great. to this, I hope you enjoy it. No, nah, man, we'll have you back on. That was fun. Okay, yeah. that was had, a lot. Of I fun. had a lot of fun. No, normally, this is um, great. Yeah. Well, not normally. That's a terrible. That's a terrible way of putting it. A, lo- a lot. Of, a lot of times, I, I really have to direct conversations. Man, I didn't feel like that at all today. So I appreciate it. Yeah, man, that's good. We'll do it again soon. I, I tried to study up. Yeah, but we need to. Um, we need to do it at night when we can get a little loose, man. Yeah, you know, I miss that. Like when we first started this podcast, yeah. we used to. I'd say every once in a while we'd get a seven out of ten times we'd have beverages with it, and I, I think that that can kind of be a catalyst for a more fun conversation. We also, but we it also can also get out of the ra- as long, get off the rails as long too. as we don't bring root beer and Jägermeister for shame. <laughs> That'll be fine. We'll we'll be fine. No, it was, but, but it was easier to do that when we were above a bar. Yeah, now we and, yeah, and we had fucking five hundred dollars worth of gear. Yeah. You know, so it didn't matter. Like it was just <laughs> nowadays. I'm staring yeah. into these beautiful Audio Technica yeah. microphones. They don't don't pay us, man. They're just regular microphones. I mean, no, but <laughs> but Audio Technica, if you're listening, yeah, fuck, sure, it's they a should. beautiful product, they and I love I love Porsches. <laughs> <laughs> Why not Gatorade? I I use your product a lot. You don't even have to. Pay Do me. you still rock Gatorade? Yeah, Gatorade, man. Hmm. I buy powder. Okay, I, I'm old school. I get the I get those noon tablets. N U U N. Have you seen yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just straight electrolytes and caffeine. Uh, everyone's awesome. everyone's about yeah. like what is it called like body armor or something like it's the new Gatorade. I've not seen. Oh, is the body armor the one that's got a bunch of fruits and stuff? Super electrolytes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm a hydro <laughs> homie at, at yeah. day's end. Let's hang out, man. Let's go bike riding. You live right next to me. Okay, let's go ride. Yeah, twist my arm into it. Get it on the calendar, man. If it's on the calendar, it happens. I you schedule way more than me. Sounds I have good. to just show I'll up. Forget about a, it. Show up with a bike. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm there, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, uh, for uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you would like to, you can send us an email: wimtpodcast w i m t y dot podcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we will respond. Shane likes to respond, so I love it. Anyway, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. See you next week.